All righty, ladies and gentlemen, fans of Wiffle Ball, this is the Pipe It Up podcast, but it just it just doesn't feel quite the same this week. You know, we're back here. It's episode 61, but Jack and I are miles and miles apart, and it's uh, it's pretty sad, not going to lie, but um, we're going to make it work. We're bringing you guys episode 61, as I said, on this beautiful Tuesday. Cue the intro. Pipe it up. Pipe it up. Pipe it up. Pipe it up. All right, Jack, how are we doing? I have not talked to you since you've left. I'm doing great, Tom. I'm all moved in. Uh, got a new house here at school off campus and just got all moved in. You know, it's always a process, right? Going somewhere new. And it's uh, it's it's frustrating at times, but um, we're here now. And although we are miles apart physically, I feel that we are still together close at the heart. Yeah, you know, Zoom, we are, we are blessed to live in a generation where we can we can FaceTime or Zoom or whatever, but um, it's definitely not the same. But I'm looking at Jack here on my laptop, and he's got a beautiful new haircut, guys. Jack is looking clean cut. The beard might be a little trimmed. He's got a short cut, little fade. It's looking, Very clean. It's looking nice. Very it's clean. Best barbershop experience. Explain explain more on that. So this, this barbershop was literally a five-minute walk. Um, the guys there were just absolutely awesome. Like you said, I'm happy with the haircut with more of a professional look, if you will. Mm-hmm. I told the guy, I was like, you know, I'm not really sure if I paid more for the haircut or the wisdom that I got in this hour that I was here. Cause they were just dropping knowledge left and right. And so, yeah, overall it was a good experience experience like and they the definitely, actually, yeah, they you went to, Oh yeah, for sure. These guys know how to cut hair. And did they do the beard trim as well or no? They, they did do the beard trim. My One of my friends said he got me so right that it's almost a left turn. I thought that was a pretty funny quote. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Ah, it looks good for real. I don't think you guys would. Uh, I mean, they've seen you with a shaved beard. They've seen you. Have they seen you with shorter hair too? I think they have at some point. Um, You know, definitely not this short. I don't think because no. typically I, you know, cut my hair um, for the year just because my lacrosse coaches has sort of a military background, likes everyone to be like uniform and clean cut. But in high school, you know, I always, always had my hair long. I like having long hair. So the summer's when I let it grow out. And then it's, you know, when school rolls around, it's back to square one. Back to business. Back to business, baby. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Well, it looks good. Um, I, like I said, I need to, I need to get a good, we need a good local barber here in brighton i don't feel like we don't really have one around these parts of town there's a great one it's called brighton barbers so i mean i don't want to bash a local business but are they like actually great i haven't been there since i was like 12 years old i mean i think it speaks for itself because you cannot make an appointment there and every time you show up it's literally so busy like they are always packed because every Every guy wants to get their haircut there. And it's cool. They got a bunch of sweet sports memorabilia in there. And it is pretty um, cool inside. It's a cool interior for sure. They give a lot of like they give a lot of, you know, shout out to the Brighton athletes. Like oh, yeah. they like supporting the Brighton athletes. So they're all over the walls and stuff. It's cool. Yeah. Um, funny story actually. Brighton Barber is where I went to when I got a I got a Mohawk when I was twelve years old to go play baseball at Cooperstown, New York at the Cooperstown tournament. Filthy. Our whole team was supposed to get Mohawks. I'd say maybe about half of us did it. But yeah, it was looking pretty gnarly, I'm not gonna lie. I, there's pictures of it. I just look Oh yeah. Hat on, especially when you see the kid from the back or our team from the back and you just see the, the Mohawk tail coming down. Oh yeah. It's always like oof. I mean it's, it's cool at the time, but I've definitely had highs and lows in my hair career mm-hmm. in high school. We, when we made the playoffs for football, a lot of us decided to bleach our hair. And so I had hair pretty much down to my shoulders. That was like bleach white. I was literally Ric Flair. And that process <laughs> of getting back to my normal hair was very interesting. I went and tried to dye it back. Then my hair kind of turned like almost like greenish. Mm-hmm. Like it had like a greenish tint to it. Yeah. Did not look good. I've heard some and horror stories from the bleaching of the hair from many players yeah. in that Brighton team. The feeling of your hair when you bleach it, like your hair is already just dead follicles, but so I don't really know how you could kill it more. Mm-hmm. But that's like kind of how I would describe it. Like it's literally just so dead. Like it's like 
when you get in the shower, like mats together, it's, it's gross. I would not recommend it. If any of you kids are thinking about bleaching your hair, like it looked cool coming out of the football helmet. Like the pictures I got were so sweet, but like as soon as football was over, like we literally lost the first game. So it was like, Oh, now I just got this ridiculous looking haircut. Well, that's the problem because, like, people that I knew, like, some people try to shave it right away, like, get rid of it. But then, like, when their hair grew back, like, part of it still looked bleached. Like, it was right. Really, like, a solid year, I heard. From that's what happened time. to me. Like, as my hair grew out, it basically just looked like I had, like, a reverse ombre or something, like a chick haircut. <laughs> that's, like, what it looked like. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Agner in the reverse ombre. Yeah, oh, I had like frosted tips. It yeah, was bad. frosted tips. They were definitely out, and uh, people in Brighton were looking a little silly. But um, nothing much has changed since you left, to be honest. Um, I'm trying to think. We uh, played some more wiffle ball in town. Um, it cooled off a little bit here in Michigan. It was a nice weekend, a nice Labor Day weekend. It was only about mid-70s here compared to the 89 and humid that it's been. So it was, it was amazing. Oh, yeah. But um, not the same without Jack in town, but we're, we're managing Life moves on, I guess, unfortunately. Life moves on. Train moves on. Train keeps on chugging. So I like to say that uh, the grind doesn't stop. So it's just uh, just our job to keep up. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. So, Jack, on Friday, last Friday, a video was posted on the internet um, regarding your wiffle ball team. Oh, yeah. You guys squared off against the downtown Diamondbacks. Arguably or maybe not even arguably the, the best team in our league to date. And um, really the key in that series was that if you guys got swept, you were in rough shape moving forward to try to make the playoffs. So really yep. you just needed to win one game. And why don't you go ahead and break down exactly what happened there in game two against the D backs? Well, <clears throat> to use a quote from one of my favorite movies, miracle on ice, mm-hmm. great players, are born from great opportunity. Mm-hmm. And Curdy, a man Curdy, had a great opportunity in front of him. And he sure did not let that opportunity go. And I was so happy for the kid, obviously so happy for our team that we were able to get that dub. If you guys haven't watched the video, like I'm not just pumping it up. It was one of the most electric parts of a MLW video like I have ever seen. It was just, I think Kyle even had it in the call. He was just like, yeah, this is pure joy or like yeah, something like yeah. that. Like you could literally just see it on Curdy's face and like all of our faces, such a, just an electric moment. And obviously game three, we were there. I was, I felt really good about the series considering the fact that the Diamondbacks, you know, like we said, are the best team right now in the league, but we, we did what we needed to do. Guys stepped up when they needed to step up and uh, we're still alive. Yeah, that was, uh, that was incredible. Um, and a fun fact for everyone listening too, that was the only series that I was unable to attend this entire year because it was a Tuesday at 11 a.m. when that series was played. Yes. And as many of you listeners know, I do have a job. So I couldn't make it and I was obviously bummed in the first place. And then I get text messages at like one o'clock and it's like, dude, that was the best series of the year. It was unbelievable. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I was so bummed. And so... Me watching the video was actually the first time I got to see that clip of Curdy hitting the walk off. And it was, Ugh. it's just, that's wiffle ball for you, man. I mean, obviously, great players make the majority of the great plays and hit the majority of the clutch hits, but you never know, man. It's not like anything can happen. And unlikely, unlikely heroes are born quite often in this league. And that was a moment right there for the, for the record books for Curdy. I mean, and the funny thing was, it wasn't a cheap homer. That thing was a bomb. No, he he smoked that thing, and he definitely earned his stripes. That's for sure. Oh, for sure. He looked so excited. It's so funny. Wiffle ball will turn you into twelve year old, or not? I shouldn't even say twelve. It'll turn you into a ten year old really quick. So I was and that's like, what happens. That's what happens too. If you I don't even think I've talked you know, about that moment since then, because like I said, I wasn't there. I don't think I've ever spoken about it. I gotta I gotta give him his props for that for that one. Well, I didn't speak directly to Norp because that's who he hit it off of. But someone had said that um, after that play, Norp had kind of mentioned that he took a little bit off that one and maybe not not like lost his focus because it was like a strike, but it wasn't like his nastiest slider. You know, I wouldn't say it was a meatball, but I think he did not like, not like lose sight of the game or like think lesser of his opponent, but he 
maybe would have thrown a, a different pitch if it was like a different player. So that's even that's why it's cooler that Curdy was able to like capitalize on it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think it may or may not have been said on this show, but Daniel Schultz, I was talking to him about the Oklahoma series. And in that series, if you guys remember, Ryan Kelly hit a um, go-ahead two-run single up the yep. middle off of Daniel Schultz, who obviously another good pitcher in this league. And Daniel was talking to me after the game, and it's like, yeah, like, you know, when you have a guy like Kelly or you have a guy like Curdy who's not known for hitting the home run ball or, or getting the big hits in the big games, um, sometimes only thing on your mind is, like, I just can't walk this guy. I can't walk this guy. And you get into, you get too comfortable. And right. they're seeing the ball a lot off you, and obviously they're trying very hard to produce for their team. So sometimes um, it's those bats that you're not, you not have your, your eye on the most that can come back to bite you. And Curdy, uh, yeah, very, very well just saved the Magic season off of the hottest team in LW right now. So that was that was a pretty special moment. I think probably the highlight of the season so far at the Meadows. Right. Well, and the other part about it too is like you guys always like joke around and or some of you are joking. Some of you aren't about like, Oh, the league is rigged like this and that. Like we could not write this script. If we oh. tried, it's a, a, you know, new player into the league trying to prove himself, not necessarily a proven hitter yet against, you know, Norp who is having arguably the best season ever in MLW history. And that's who he gets his first home runoff against what to walk it off to keep our, season alive i mean it's absolutely incredible mm-hmm. yeah and um like you talked about how he's unlikely and all this stuff proving himself but i remember after the first series when you weren't able to play so curdy kind of filled in for you like he didn't even have his own jersey at the time he kind of just had like a stock yeah. shirt on and then you're like hey, he played pretty good i'll give him another shot in the second series so like he really has just kind of you know earned his spot just through grinding out these abs and getting on base and uh it's a big homer there for the magic so special I also oh, yeah. want to talk about on this series, um, James Swanson. You acquired him after your mm-hmm. thir- after your third series of the year. Now this is your fourth series. Um, talk about um, that move and how that affected the series for you guys. Yeah, so obviously, I mean, if you've been watching the videos, keeping up, our number two arm, which is becoming even more and more important of a position in the league, um, just with how talented everyone is, that that was our Achilles heel. That was our weak spot. Um, Liam just hasn't been having the season that we expected for whatever reason, you know, mm-hmm. um, could be anything, but it is what it is. And I, I needed to do something right. I, I, I didn't want to just throw in the towel for the season. And uh, Swanson was a, a, a viable option that um, for some reason, Warda uh, didn't really go to. I mean, they didn't really need him, but um, I knew that he could be, a good addition to our team and fit well into our team. And to be honest with you, I tried to actually trade for him. Like I was trying to talk to Ward at a trade and he didn't, he didn't even want to trade. He didn't want anything from me. And so I was like, okay, well then like you got to drop him or pick him up or something. Like I want him. And so he just dropped him and I picked him up. Yeah. And I was, I was impressed overall. Um, obviously it was like a big jump from what Liam had been doing production wise on the mound. Um, and so I, I think he'll fit well. Yeah, I like the move. Um, yeah, I think Warduck kind of realized it was in Swanson's best interest if he went elsewhere because, like you said, he wasn't using him. Um, Warda is a guy who's satisfied with his roster right now. I'm not going to say like also that you would have had to give up much for Swanson considering he wasn't being used and the Predators clearly didn't really want him. So I think it was just more of a best a best scenario for both the player, both the teams involved. And uh, I'm glad Swanson's at a home now where he can uh, possibly produce, you know. So yeah, I, I think he's well. just an, like I said yeah. I there, but from what I saw he looked good, and from what I heard from both the Schultz brothers, I heard he I heard he threw well. He did. He didn't have a you know incredible arsenal. wasn't like throwing a bunch of different pitches, but he was throwing enough, and they were moving enough, and he was mixing up to to you know give it give us a better chance with with yeah. our games where we have to start yeah. our second pitcher, and that's all I really was looking for. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I agree. All right. And now the moment you've all been waiting for. I know a lot of you guys are probably tuning into this episode to hear about a big, big trade that went down in MLW uh, this past weekend. And the two managers involved happened to be the hosts of your show. Um, so we all have the answers. We all have the facts. And we're here to break it down for you. So 
we are going to have Trevor on the show. He can give his perspective on things. But first, um, Jack, let's start from yes. the beginning. So let's take you. Let's take us before the Mallards versus Gators series, okay? Okay. So we're currently sitting at three and six, as are the Gators. Now, okay. did you were you looking to make a move beyond Swanson, or no? Were you thinking Swanson was the guy, and you were you were good with that? Um, my so really, what I was thinking was I'd add Swanson, and if he. He, if he was a stud, if he was producing, then we'd be okay. That's We'd be fine with that. Mm-hmm. But I kind of knew in the back of my mind that there were g- going to be other options, especially if you guys turned it out the way you did. And, and so when that opportunity became available, um, I knew that the magic could go from a decent team to like one of the deepest teams in the league. If I was able to pull off a trade like this. Okay. Okay. So you were, you were open to it, but you weren't necessarily like sure where it was going to go or if the opportunity would present itself. Right. Exactly. So to be honest with you guys in my head prior to the magic or the Mallards versus Skater series, first of all, and you're going to laugh at me for this, but I legitimately thought we were going to win the series. I was very confident uh, we put in some practice before the series. Me and Trevor and Caden met up, um, did some pitching, did some hitting, all that kind of stuff, and I was confident. But Gators were in a slump. I felt like we were we were had some things that weren't going our way, and I was like, we're due to just have a breakout series here. So I was, I was pretty upset when we lost. However, in the back of my mind, I, if we lost that series and if we swept them for sure, I was 100% already thinking I'm going to trade Trevor. Because I knew at that point we would be essentially out of the playoffs, if not all the way out of the playoffs. And I felt like Trevor was talented. I felt like I have a lot of potential and Caden has a lot of potential. I was like, we're just not working as a group as well as I want us to. So to me, it just makes sense to let Trevor go, have him try to make a playoff run with a different team, um, play with more of his friends, and then I can get something in return and try to rebuild and um, kind of make the Mallards a little younger, um, get some picks. Um, maybe even look for players. I, I was open to either one, but I was mostly focused on picks. So that was in my head before the series even happened. So then right as we lost the series, I'm like, oh, that's going to do it. I got I to gotta put Trey around the block. So literally we lost that series. And that night I sent a text in the group message saying, yo, Trevor's available. Who wants him? And then a lot of managers showed interest. As we said, um, I got like real, real offers from the magic the Cobras and the Gators. Not so much the Cobras. I mean, I did. Drew was like, I'm going to give you a but like, He never gave me like an official offer. We were talking a lot, though. Mm-hmm. And then um, the Gators. The Gators, to be honest with you, actually gave me a little bit better offer. Um, I'm not going to say exactly what it was, but they gave me a little bit better of an offer. Mm-hmm. But it just made more sense for me to send Trevor to the Magic, and that's where he wanted to go, to be totally honest with you. Mm-hmm. We can get that from him. we can get that information as to why he wanted to go there from him. So that's kind of how it went down. I texted Jack a lot, and I told Jack Trevor wants to go there. We we crossed some T's, dotted some I's, and that's literally Jack texted me. He's like, "Yo, so is this trade like happening?" I was like, "I'd say it's done in theory. We just gotta cross some T's." <laughs> so we made it happen. Yeah, and, um, yeah. And I mean, from from my perspective, just. My thought process, obviously, like I said, we needed a we needed a second guy. We needed a second arm, and to give up those draft picks, you know, yes, those draft picks are very valuable. Mm-hmm. But I was confident that um, Trevor was going to be able to perform at a level that was worth those two draft picks of maybe a younger kid that needed like a little bit more development. You know, like Trevor's obviously proven in the league. Yep, that's I know he's, I know he's got good stuff and I know it's going to translate over to our team, but those draft picks, you know, it could be really good or it could be really bad. And I really wanted to make a push towards the world series this year. And so I thought this was, it was, it was a win now mentality is the best way to sum it up. Yeah. I like the move um, from both sides. Like you said, um, Trevor's a guy who's proven himself. Uh, he's proven to be a valuable asset on the mound. He's also had some moments at the plate as well, and I think he has potential to grow there. Um, 
And the thing with the draft picks and why it's a, it's a, I like it. I'm happy with the trade. Like I said, I don't feel like I got mm-hmm. robbed or anything like that. But the risk involved here is that it's not like I'm, it's not like we're in the NFL here and I have, fil- I have f- three years of film on Trevor Lawrence here. And I'm like, okay, I'm trading up. I'm getting Trevor Lawrence. It's, right. like, you don't really know who's in this draft class yet. You know what I mean? So right. 100% is a risk. I'm just hoping the talent's going to be there and that I can develop something strong and that's going to last here at the Midwest Mallards organization because it's going to be four picks now in the next two years. So we're going to really looking to flip the script here and we're looking to do it quickly. This is I'm seeing a lot of rebuild, all Mallards rebuilding. Wiffle ball, as we've seen in the Gators, we've seen Diamondbacks now. This isn't some 10-year process. We're looking to win next year. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're looking to bring in talent, hopefully young talent, and uh, make some stuff happen quick. So it's not like... Mallards fans are going to be snoozing next year on the couch, hoping we go 500. We're looking to we're looking to win the World Series like every year. Come on, right? Yeah. So, all right, let's get Trevor on the line now, and he can discuss uh, how he thinks things went down. How you doing, Trevor? What's going on, my man? Just got off work, got some McDonald's in me, so feeling pretty good. <laughs> Eating good, serving good pizza, eating good food. That's what I'm doing. That's the life I'm living right now. <laughs> Great. Well, good to have you on the show here. We are joined sure. by Jack Agner, who you're not going to be able to hear, but I can relay the questions for you. Um, we got him on Zoom. Of course, he's back in Rhode Island now, which is a big bummer. So this is our first Zoom episode, and I should probably address the fact that if things sound not um, pleasing to your ears, we are going to get Jack an official microphone and audio interface that matches what we have here in the Schultz's basement. So things are sounding more uniform in the future, probably by episode 62 or 63. So aside from that, Trevor, Jack and I just kind of broke down um, our, our take on how the trade went down, how it developed and, you know, the results of it. So now I kind of want to hear your story from start to finish on um, the trade. You can just go ahead and uh, give, give your side of it. All right. Well, uh, I guess it uh, ended with the Gators series. You know, we got swept. It was a, it was a rough one. I mean, I don't think any of us were happy. But uh, walking away, I, I just thought I was going to get food and go home uh, until uh, you, like, pulled me aside and, like, asked me if it was okay that, uh, I don't know, you explored some trades. I mean, obviously, we weren't winning. So we needed the, something, I guess, needed to change. So you just asked me if it was okay for the for you to maybe shot me and Caden. I remember you saying that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that was said. Yeah, yeah. And, Spilling uh, some tea. <laughs> going on vacation with Jason, too. We went to Kalahari, like, a couple days after. Nice. The whole time he's texting Jack, like, dude, uh, you need to get this trade done. Like, the magic need Trevor. And, like, I didn't know if it was going to actually happen because Jack was, like, obviously talking to you and you were talking to other people. So it definitely took a few days for that to go through. And we were there for four days. And then on the last day, I think, Jason told me that uh, that they got it done. Uh, we, some good news. Right. The Kalahari trip. Jack smiling. Yep. <laughs> that, that, was, that was how it was. Yeah, I didn't, uh, I didn't mention the whole shopping Caden thing. I mean, yes, I said it, and I did mention it to the other managers as well, but it would have taken an incredible offer for me to, to, to dump him because um, it's kind of like the stock market, you know? I felt like you were you were at a good sell price, and I felt like it made sense for the team. I'm not saying I, we, me and you talk all the time. We we I think we had fun playing together, but we, did. we just we weren't winning the games, man. We weren't getting it done. <laughs> so I think, I think the fans thought like it was some prima donna stuff. Like oh I my god, they make everything. Did a trade, but uh, no, it was we we definitely like me you and Caden got along very good. Like it was just we weren't winning. Yeah, I got the receipts, guys. It wasn't like Trevor texted me and was like, "I want out, man. This is this is miserable <laughs> and all this stuff." Sure. Like he just sure. said, I didn't even remember, but I asked him after the series was over. I was like, "Yo, would you be open to playing somewhere else?" And as you guys know, Trevor comes from Trenton, Michigan, where a lot of the 2020 draft class came from. So him and Jason, Liam have known each other for a long time. So I think it just makes a lot of sense. And uh, I told them that that was your number one option was going to the Magic. Am I correct? Yeah, you were. You even asked me if I wanted to do the trade too. Like I think yeah. if I wasn't interested in going to the Magic, you would have kept me. Yeah, I would have. I would have did something else or kept you. Yeah, yeah I wasn't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But at the end of the day, we, we are a professional, semi-professional, wiffle ball league, whatever. But we talk about chemistry. We talk about um, 
We talk about you know the chemistry of it, the fun of it, the things making sense. People are in the right spots to be successful, to be entertaining. I mean, I'm I wear a lot of different hats in the MLW community, and I'm you know we're running, we're making the moves here. We're trying to make content. We're doing all this stuff. So, I guess you could say it's a little political, but I mean, you got to do what's best for the players at this point in time. You know what I mean? I definitely understand, and I and I appreciated it, Tommy. So there's some there's some insider yeah. knowledge for everybody. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so yeah, I'm happy that you're going to the Magic. I'm happy for you. It's pretty exciting stuff. Um, you saw Curdy hit that walk off dinger in the last series. So now I, I think did. you guys need to. I think you guys need to beat the Cobras to make the playoffs. Two out of three at least. And you will yep. be playing in that series. I don't know if everyone realizes that, but Trevor. So you have to. They break down the rules for you as they stand right now. You need to play at least one series for a franchise in order to appear in the playoffs. Now, so if I was to trade Trevor after our last game of the year, Trevor would not be able to play in the, the postseason because it's kind of the deadline. The deadline is after Series 4 because he needs to appear in at least one series. So Trevor will be suiting up. We ordered him a jersey. He'll be suiting up against the Cobras, trying to lead them alongside Jason and Jack and whoever else shows up to the postseason. Are you excited for this opportunity? Because this would be honestly like the first really like big game, high-pressure situation you've ever been in. For sure, I mean, yeah, no, this it's do or die right here for the Magic now. So I'm gonna be trying my best to pitch and hit away, and you know what I mean. We gotta, we gotta beat the Cobes. So I gotta be studying Drew this gotta weekend. Beat the for Cobes sure. now moving into the American League is Trevor. So I think we do. I think the Magic or the Mallards and Cobras or not Cobras, Mallards and Magic. We I think we do play each other next year, so we will get to play. We will get to square up. Maybe that'll be the opening day matchup. We'll have to see. I'm not gonna like seeing Tommy on the other team. <laughs> <laughs> if I can get it together over here, but oh, uh, I don't think I ever finished my comment because I was we were joking around. But um, the reason the reason that I didn't end up trading Caden because, like I said, um, I think he just has way too much potential for me to try to shop him around right now because based on his performance this year so far, I don't really know if I'd get anything great for him. And I think his potential is still super super high in this league. So yeah, right. a lot of a lot of people just don't know based on the videos, how good someone is. It's really hard to just see it based on like one pitch of an at-bat. So I think Caden's also a good batter, so I don't think that's a bad move at all, Tom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jack. I, I do have one question. Go ahead. What do you got, Jack? Because um, I don't really think I even talked to Trevor about this, but obviously it came down to us and the Gators, and he had said that he wanted to play for the Magic. But was there anything? Because I know you obviously have friends on both teams, but like, what was the deciding factor for you? I mean, I definitely do have good friends on both teams, but uh, I think uh, I think I would matter more on the Magic than I would on the Gators. Like they they won the the championship last year with Jorgen Jorgensen and Tatum, so I just felt like you know joining the Magic, me and Jason would be a good duo, and we'd actually have a chance to you know go deep in the playoffs. So you, you want to just have a bigger role, make be more of an yeah, impact type guy. Playing time. Okay. Well, I tell you what, Trevor, we are stoked to have you in purple. Oh, I'm stoked to be in the purple. It's going to be nice <laughs> repping that. Best it's, jerseys in the league for sure. This is probably I I I label this as the as the biggest trade I think we've ever had um, in the middle of a season, especially. So uh, Ryan Crash did shift to the Preds. That wasn't even like a trade. That was like an acquisition type thing, kind of like a Swanson thing that we've seen right now. So. It's pretty cool for the league. I think this is uh, it stirred a lot of excitement. Our posts on Instagram about this have been going crazy. Trevor, how have your DMs been? Insane. My mentions <laughs> on every single social media platform has been insane. Celebrity. I I texted Trevor like kind of jokingly, but when we announced the trade, like he's looking to be traded, they've mutually parted ways. I was like, congratulations, you're now the most popular player in MLW. <laughs> <laughs> so. For sure. For sure. I hope you enjoyed the spotlight, and I uh, I wish you the best of luck. Honestly, I hope I hope Magic make a run. I got a I got a little I got a reason to root for the Magic now moving forward. For sure, and I think we have a chance, Tom. I think we have a chance. I think you do. You guys are a star. You guys are low key. I said this in the intros too. I think for the videos, low key kind of a star studded roster now. I can't I can't lie. For sure, the hitting's there, and the pitching is is there. For sure, the pitching is filthy. So uh, I, I'm very excited to watch this new Magic team in action. Um, and like I, I said, as you guys know, fans, it's the classic Magic versus Cobras, huge end of the regular season series, as we see year in and year out. So it'll be it'll be a banger for sure. I'm sure Drew will be all over the place mentally. I'm sure the Magic will be locked in, and it'll be it'll be crazy. 
Yeah, make sure you tune in for sure. Yeah, tune into that one. Well, Trevor, happy you could join us today after your long, grueling shift at work, and um, <laughs> excited you could break down this trade to the fans, give them a little perspective. If you guys have any more further questions on the trade, please send them to us in the DMs. But uh, Trevor, thanks again, man. Yeah, for sure. It was nice talking to you and uh, Jack virtually. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How do you think we did? Did we clear the air? Oh, yeah. I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure. It, I mean, it's pretty cut and dry, I think. It was mutually beneficial for both teams. It was where Trevor wanted to go. It's a good fit for us. And, you know, the Mallets have work to do, but they ha now have the draft picks to do it. Hopefully the draft picks pan out for us. I mean, I'm excited. I'm very excited uh, to see what we got um in our future now nice bird i was glad trevor addressed the fact like how people were like oh trevor wanted out and all this stuff like it wasn't like i was like trevor i'm trading you i literally asked him we had a conversation about it it was it was a mutual move that um i think mutual is the best way to go about it but i think people like when they see that in the nba or like in the nfl stuff like that they think like players are just like being selfish and want money or whatever and are like i want out and this is it but now this really yeah. cool thing that we had a discussion about. Um, the right offer was made. The right opportunity was there. So we uh, made it happen. So it's pretty exciting. And, um, I, I kind of thought about this as we were talking, but obviously it's, it's tough to remember exactly your thought process on this podcast because we're talking about stuff that in real life happened a while ago. But um, I remember All-Star Day, I... I was literally like, it was a show on Survivor. I was going around to all the different managers, like trying to do trades because I knew I needed that, that second arm and no one would really like solidify or like bite anything that I was, that I was throwing out there. So that's why I still needed to do something. And that's why I picked up Swanson and hopefully that or hoping that he could at least like fill in for the meantime until an opportunity arose. And then obviously that opportunity did. Yeah, I think this, uh, you never know. A lot can change throughout the season. Things can change because the season's so, you know, it's only 15 games and it happens pretty quickly. You know, if you had told me when we were, we had just finished our second game or our first game against the Predators and we were three and one facing both the Wildcats and the Predators. And I was like, wow, like this is really panning out. Trevor's playing amazing. Caden's doing well. We're like, we're really clicking. And we were like, I think we were like number two in the power rankings at that point. And I was like, like, this is all working. Everything's, the stars are aligning here. Yep. You play the next eight games and you don't win a single one. Like it's crazy. So it wasn't in the cards for me. Like if you would have told me at three and one, like oh, um, a month from now or two months from now, Trevor will be on the Magic and you guys haven't won a game since that last win. I'd be like, what? But <laughs> crazy things happen, and um, that's that's life. We move. We onward. We go. Onward. We go. So Mallards fans, um, if you were a Trevor guy, no reason you can't still root for him. I won't be offended. Um, but uh, we're we're moving on. It's it is what it is. I wish him the best. Go, good luck, Trev. I I would genuinely wish it to you, buddy, if you're listening. All get right. your wands up. Get your wand now. Got <laughs> 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 to learn a couple magic tricks before the first series. But yeah, that's gonna be cool. It'll be our that's our first big switch we've ever had mid season. All right, there's another anchor ad as you guys have heard week in and week out. We don't have any additional ad reads today. We do have open ad slots available. If you're interested in getting yourself an ad read on Pipe It Up, please DM us on Instagram at Pipe It Up MLW. Um, we offer very cheap, affordable rates. It's a great way to get a little shout out to either your up and coming YouTube channel, small business, um, wish your grandma a happy birthday, whatever you want to do. <laughs> um, <laughs> Hit us up. We're not. We're not gonna overcharge you or anything like that. And it's a good way to get some exposure. So, moving on from that, it is now time for today's question of the day. Q Q Q Q of the day. Once again, if you guys would like to have a Q of the day featured on the show, please DM us at Pipe It Up MLW on Instagram. This week's question comes from Kyle Wagner. His handle is one Kyle Wagner underscore. This is a pretty cool question. Interesting. I didn't think we'd ever be asked something like this, to be honest, but we've got a lot of questions and I've had a lot of different things. So Kyle asks, what have you learned from managing a wiffle ball team and how do you think it will translate into your life outside of MLW? Wow. Very deep. This guy wants the answers. He's looking for answers in life about how wiffle ball translates. I think it's interesting. Um, I guess, I guess I can start here. Um, you know, 
this is kind of ironic considering the situation I'm in, but uh, I think it translates over pretty well. Is um, don't if you can. Um, I wouldn't necessarily recommend unless I mean it depends. It's up to you, but this is from a football perspective. Don't do business with your friends because that kind of <laughs> happens to I think a lot of people in MLW where they originally had like a team of them and their friends and then like the friends maybe they weren't the most talented and then they had to like make some tough decision and then that can like rub people the wrong way and ruin friendships and i think that translates into life really well in terms of some people like like there's a sense ironic because me and kyle are doing mlw together and stuff but people like want to do things and like want to involve people they can trust maybe in their friends and stuff like that but friendships can be ruined over business if you guys have seen the social network the facebook thing that's true um all there's so many different stories like that so i'd say that's one thing that can um, translate into real life is just um having to make tough decisions where your friends are involved and it sucks when a friendship is ruined over something like that so i think that kind of translates into real life jack do you agree with that yeah i was my first initial thought was along the same lines just it, it teaches you how to make difficult decisions that, you know, have personal implications, right? Yeah, that's it's tough better. to like, it's tough to text a kid and be like, <laughs> yeah, you, you, we just don't need you today. Like you're not coming. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't feel good, but that's also like part of life. Like you'll be in those situations, whether it's business or, you know, anything where you got to make a tough decision and you guys on both parties have to have, thick enough skin to say like i understand this is a business decision decision excuse me and not not a not a personal one yeah um that's i don't think we've ever talked about that on the show before and it's super funny that we're bringing it up because people don't realize that it sucks when you yeah have, like jack said the personal implications of having your buddy who was just playing in a wiffle ball league for fun with you and then be like hey man we're, <laughs> we're going in a different direction yeah yeah sorry like awkward um, things ever because they're like dude it's a wiffle ball league you really care that much what's like well kind of i don't want to go out there and lose you know what i mean so right i mean we are having fun but we are trying to win so it's like at some point the rubber meets the road and you gotta you gotta figure it out yeah you uh you articulated it very well i think and um and i think it's too another thing that kind of translates is i like to like just like we said, good team chemistry is important. I think the same thing kind of applies to business and like doing mm -hmm. like even at work or with Kyle and MLW and working with sponsors and stuff. Like I feel like part of the way I do business is through like building a friendship or building a relationship with someone you're working with. So just like building a relationship with your teammates and it just makes it right. that much harder to, uh, to, to break ties. <laughs> at the end of the and day. I think, I think like it's funny because I can't tell you how many of my friends have been like, Oh, you got to like, give me a tryout. Like, mm -hmm. come on. I know I'd be good. Yeah. I'm like, you could be good. You could not be good, but like, we're too good of friends for you to like, like I put you on the team and then you're not doing good. And then I tell you you're not on the team anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like, yeah, yeah, the funny yeah. thing is if you guys remember Mitchell Montagno, mm -hmm. he, I, that was a, an example where I learned from that. It was a friend who was an athlete. I know he's got good hand eye. So I said, we'll try it out. And, uh, he did not, he did not really live up to the expectations I had, but Mitchell understood too. You know, I texted him and I was like, Hey, probably not going to be coming and wearing purple anymore. <laughs> and, he, and he was like, he was like, yeah, honestly, like I expected this and that's, that's no big great. deal. It's great when there's a mutual understanding. I think yeah. It's a lot easier. Yeah. But um yeah it's tough if i had to give one more example and this is probably pretty obvious but we'll say i'll say it anyway is um just like figuring out when when to make a decision or make a big decision yourself um compared to possibly delegating a problem or an issue or a decision to you know maybe your inferiors or your, your subordinates as do i right because like there are situations where like, for example, I'm standing in right field. I have Trevor on the mound and I have Caden and left and like maybe Trevor are struggling and then they're looking at me like, do we want to do a change here? And then I have to make the decision quickly of, as to like, do I want to tell them what we're doing or do I want to let these two guys who are the two pitchers on this team and they represent 66% of my squad, do I let them make the decision? So right. which translates into the workplace. Well, you know, sometimes you can trust, a, trust an employee or a subordinate to, to make the right call. 
other times you gotta step up as the boss and uh and uh do what you think is best so I think that's and that's the thing too is you're you have to make those tough decisions in game where you don't really have a lot of time to think about it mm-hmm. you don't have a you don't have a week-long deadline to you know meet whatever thing you have doing to or whatever thing you have to do it's you have to decide right now and feelings might be hurt or, or you know your decision might blow up in your face or you might look like a genius yeah. so it's just kind of making those split decisions that have big implications yeah i think that's pretty applicable to the real world too mm-hmm. and i kind of just thought of one more as well is kind of um you know if you're this is once again you're paying us to a manager so if you're a manager of a team or if you're the you're the head of a company or you're you know you're a manager of a smaller group like at the at the company or whatever um, you got to realize that no matter what goes on beneath you, your face is kind of attached to the result. You know what I mean? So that's true. They, um, the Mallards aren't playing well, like Trevor and this is just example and hypothetical, but say Trevor and Caden aren't playing well, or say on the Eagles, Dallas and Zach and Neil aren't playing well, then people are going to look and say, Daniel needs to make some moves or Tommy needs to cut this person and draft better and all this stuff. Because at the end of the day, you are you are the man in charge, so they're gonna ride yeah. you when you're successful, but they're also gonna uh, be very critical of you when you're when you're not producing. And I think another maybe maybe obvious uh, obvious skill you would say is just like strategic skills in general. Like it's it's really like a chess game out there, right? I mean, if you're a manager of a of a division or a company, you have to figure out how to make your pieces, your employees aligned to meet whatever goal that you want mm-hmm. and wiffle ball is the same way whether it's you know you're mixing up the order or you're mixing up you know who's starting um what you know whatever it is you got to find the best formula for success mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i like that okay well i hope that answers your question kyle that was actually uh like i said a pretty interesting Good question. question i was glad we talked about that personal dynamic of it um because i don't think we've ever talked about that too too much on this show at least not since i've rejoin once again i don't really know all the details of what drew said or did not say so um if drew addressed that i guess now you've hit it twice but um either way it's a cool topic so i appreciate it and i hope to get more interesting questions to look at and read and discuss um in the future jack did you tune in to any college football this past weekend opening weekend i be more stoked that football is back and it is so back there were so many great games on i got to see my spartans go down uh to illinois and absolutely kick the crap out of northwestern which was awesome and it was it was a great weekend yeah i love it i love it it was nice the crowds were full which is exciting to listen to and to and to watch um, yeah, I'm a Spartan, as you guys probably know. So I was impressed with the boys, the dogs. They were rolling. Yeah. I think that the, the, the fans like in the stadium. What's up? The running back on MSU. I mean, I know it's week one, but. Oh, he's a stud, dude. Wake Forest. 170 yards. That's that's no joke. No way. Four tutties. That first house call, I was just like, oh, let's, I was so happy. I literally missed it. I was, oh, I did too. I missed it. I, I caught like the end of the run because I had like just turned on the game. Yeah, when I, I turned on the game and I literally, like you said, I turned on the game and it's like on the bottom of the screen just says touchdown. I thought they ran back the opening kickoff. That's what I thought. Yeah. Oh, we just scored in the first play from screen. Yeah, it was insane. But you you had uh you had said it was really cool to you know see the fans in the stadium again and I think that mm-hmm. I think that the players um, obviously liked it but the away teams definitely like played more of a factor like I oh, felt yeah. that uh, I felt that North Carolina was a better team than Virginia Tech but they just like looked out of sync on offense because because playing at Virginia Tech is just it's so hard. I mean, how do you enter Sandman, that entrance? Like, that's so that's so tradition. I've actually seen that. I've been to a Virginia Tech game. And I've seen that. It's really cool. Yeah. But, yeah, it was so cool to see fans in the stadium again. And it's like, you know, now you actually have home field advantage. It makes a big difference in games. I'm not a, I'm not a Michigan fan either, but I do. I was watching their game against Western Michigan. And um, <laughs> Ronnie Bell is one of their wide receivers. You guys you don't know. And I think he's probably their – he was their WR1, and he's out for the season. So that, that sucks. Ooh, I did not see that. 
Yeah, he Ooh, that sucks for them. He came, up, he came up um he came up weak after I can't remember if it was a punt return or just another completed pass. After he had like a he had like an eighty yard house call and they also had like a one handed catch that didn't count as pass interference, which was a bad call. And oh, I did see that. Yeah, that's the guy. That was a horrible call. The season. I don't I don't know what like I mean, I'm like I said, I'm not a Michigan fan. I root against Michigan, but like how do you make that, that call? Well, that ref couldn't make a call if he was in a phone booth, dude. <laughs> That was horrible. It was horrible. I was like, what? I didn't even think I didn't think there was pass interference on either side, but I don't get how you call that on the offense. No, no, certainly not. Now, this brings me to a topic which we can talk about real quick here. Um, referees. As we technology gets more advanced and as we move forward um, in the years past, obviously we've seen more and more replay get involved. Um, like now you can see balls and strikes on the screen, whether or not the ump gets the call right or wrong. What is your stance on the officiating? Do you think it's just part of the game? Bad calls happen. That's what makes sports exciting. Or do you think, no, referees are bad, um, or most are bad, and we should just go into more of like an automated system that's done by bots? Well, I think it's, I think it's definitely different for each sport, um, for sure. And baseball is interesting because it's like, you got to make such tough calls, whether it's balls and strikes. Mm-hmm. But I mean... I like the human aspect. And like you said, like it adds another element. It's part of the game. Like some games, like the refs are letting them play. Right. And, and anything's going. And like, if we do, if we move to bots, like if we end up going that direction, like it's kind of just a slippery slope. At what point are we just watching like AI robots run around the field instead of the actual like football players? You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. kind of like technology's great and all, but I think that there's some things that should be left to human error, which sounds bad, but like they they do have errors. And I just think overall it, it, it's, it's better for the game if it stays with humanity. Yeah, I agree for most things. Um, I think like basketball, there's no way you could ever have, I mean, I'm sure there is a way cause technology is crazy, but like calling fouls and stuff, I feel like you need the human there. Mm-hmm. Um, like pass interference stuff like that you need the refs um personally I, i'm with you i think that the human aspect is part of the game um i think it's kind of how sports are meant to be played i like if replay is done well and efficiently i do like having it there to confirm things so that way a game is yeah affected by like a horrible call like a, a jim joy situation if you know you know oh yeah so i like the integration of it and i heard that this year in the nfl um, they're going to really enhance their replay experience. Have you heard about that? No. Do you know specifics on it? Uh, so what I heard, and I forget who I heard talking about it, but I think it was some sports blogger. But like, so you know how at home sometimes, like how they have like four different angles at one time and you can see everything really well. And you're like, how do they not reverse that call? Or how do they do this? How do they do that? Yeah. What I heard from, I think this was from a trusted source. I want to say it was Pat McAfee who was talking about this. But what I heard is like the referees on the field are pretty much just like, getting the call from somebody else and like that's it you know what i mean right now i heard that like what they show on tv this year is going to be exactly like in real time what the officials are looking at which is kind of cool yeah that's the way it should be i mean who knows what's actually happening but i I think that's good that's the way it should be i I agree with you like replay is important because they do make mistakes but that's fine if they can see them and it's quick and it's efficient doesn't take too much time that's where baseball just struggles is they, they can't figure out the replay system to save their life. They're either, you know, replaying it and still getting the call wrong or they're replaying it. And it's taking way too long and in, in, in baseball, which is already a slow game. That's, that's why half the people who don't watch it don't watch it because it's slow. And um, it's, it's important to be able to correct your mistakes though. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you a hundred percent. I think Football reviews can take a little while, but I feel like for the most part, they, they get them right. You know, like I said, there's yeah. if you reviewed that can really hurt your team, like a holding call or pass interference or hands to the face, that kind of thing where it's like, like why can't we review that? But I don't know. I mean, it, at the end of the day, it's part of a game. Um, the refs, for the most part, do a good job, I think. As we saw, if you guys were old enough to remember their whole replacement ref thing where it was a disaster in the NFL <laughs> for a couple of weeks there. 
game. That's honestly where I like gained the yeah. respect for wrestling. I mean, I always had respect for them because it's like a very, it's a very hard job in any sport. And no matter what you do, people are just going to hate you. So it takes like a strong person to be able to do that. But when we saw those repl- replacement refs, it was like yeah. a whole new eye-opening experience as to like how good of a job these guys actually do and how hard it is. 99% of the consumer being the people watching the game, none of them are going to remember a good ref. You're just going to remember the bad refs. So for right. me, like, it's not like you're going to be praised like, wow, I love when he officiates the game. It's awesome. Like you probably yeah. remember his name. But when there's a crappy ref or umpire, you're yeah. going forever. So like it's such a hard job and you're in the public eye and people threaten you. People do wild stuff to referees. So I do yeah. uh, I have a respect for them. It's not easy. Not, a lot of things are I good. actually it's funny you say that because uh last year when our team was sort of making a run in our conference tournament um for lacrosse, we were actually getting the ref that was the head PLL ref, which is the main professional league now for lacrosse. Yep. You guys that don't know that. And we were so happy every time he refed our games because our style of play is very like aggressive and physical and they are used to refing professional athletes. So they let a lot of stuff slide. Whereas some other refs who like only do college are a lot more ticky tacky with their calls Mm -hmm. And it's not as much like just letting the boys play. So I actually have had that situation where I'm like, that's a good ref and I want him. And obviously a million where it's like, that's a bad ref. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Well, yeah, like I said, some, I'd say it's not 99% of the players. It's probably still a high percentage that don't know good refs. They just remember the bad refs, but I'm from the computer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our first virtual episode between jack and myself uh interesting transition not quite the same down here in this lonely basement but um it's good to have jack's company nonetheless for our our weekly little hour that we spend together moving forward like i said hopefully we have some audio improvements i have no idea how this is going to sound i'm about to edit it right after we get done here today but we are going to get jack some official podcast equipment to make the sound a bit more like it used to so we're excited for that Excited for the future, Jack. Uh, good luck to you in your in your school. Are you guys already underway? We are. Grad school's kicked off. First day of uh, first day of official classes is tomorrow. Already had already had work to do. Already so that's what I was doing all day today. Yeah. Oof. Well, you got this break, sort of. Hopefully. Yeah. No, this was relieving. Um, you're officially smarter than me. I'm not. I'm not a grad student. I don't have it on my agenda for <laughs> a while. <laughs> so, so good for you. Um, Thank you. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in, and we uh, we'll see you next week.